0: This is the FM Gold Channel of All India Radio. In the weekly program Money Talk, we now bring you a discussion on assessment of performance of public sector banks. The participants are K.A. Badrinath, economic analyst and Arjun J. Chaudhry moderates the discussion. In today's uh, program, we'll discuss extensively on the performance of public sector banks uh, in the uh, background of non-performing asset figures before this government came into power. And after that, as well, a comparative study with our economic analyst, Badrinath. Uh, Let's begin by understanding the NPA situation that this government has inherited and how are they resolving it right now?
1: There are several aspects to the issue of non-performing assets. Especially the non-performing assets needs to be discussed in the backdrop of uh, several meetings that the finance minister has held with bank's chief executives and also the kind of different financial institutions and all that. This is a process that the government has initiated from 2016 onwards to tackle non-performing assets. The question here is that the non-performing assets have been built up over the years with both public sector banks as well as the private banks. But primarily, the public sector banks' issues have been highlighted in a big way in the sense that the public sector banks and their non-performing assets, which are called sticky loans, have touched more than 10.5 lakh crores. And slowly over the years, due to several steps taken by the government, a lot of non-performing assets-related issues have been sorted out because of two-three reasons. One, a time-bound process has been set in motion after the the bankruptcy code was adopted by the parliament. Then the National Company Law Tribunal (NCLT) has set in motion to sort out a lot of insolvency issues, and henceforth the last figure that I saw was around 9.6 lakh crores and so there is some kind of a reduction in the kind of non-performing assets that the banks are facing, especially the public sector banks. This could be due to genuine business failures possibility is that uh, some are willful defaulters. Uh, uh, some could be that uh, there are procedural issues with the banks and financial institutions. So, there are uh, several issues which have got uh, mixed up and uh, the resultant in fact, it seems to be the huge build up in the non-performing assets. Secondly, there have been a lot of sweetheart deals uh, before the 2014 when this government came in and uh, because of which uh, there has been favoritism, there has There's been a lot of crony capitalism kind of a thing which was at work, and banks and financial institutions have been forced to lend to certain companies which were primarily not uh, meeting the eligibility norms of uh, financing. So this government seems to have tried to streamline procedures and perhaps some impact has seems to be found though a lot needs to be done much more going forward.
0: You spoke about the meeting of the finance minister, Mr. Nirmala Sitaraman with the chief executive officers of public sector banks and the private sector banking as well. What was the agenda of the meeting? What was discussed and what is the outcome?
1: The latest round of meetings that are happening with the banks and financial institutions is actually to propel credit offtake. After the non-performing assets have been built up in a big way, the banks have been facing a lot of liquidity issues. Secondly, the banks also have been looking for credible business. Since the corporate sector lending has virtually come to a standstill, so they must be looking for retail business in a big way. So if you recall, a month and a half back, the government had decided to go for a huge outreach program in over 400 districts where a lot of retail lending can be done. Perhaps uh, the first and second meetings have happened only to review how this outreach is happening, whether any proper lending is happening or not, whether a lot of people are getting benefited and the banks are getting business or not. Essentially, the idea is to bring banks back into business. Then resume the credit offtake and with that push consumption growth because also you are aware that in the last quarter GDP growth has fallen to about 5%, which has been perhaps the lowest in almost 30 quarters. So henceforth, situation needs to be corrected. What one is the consumption needs to be perked up, demand needs to be raised. So that a lot of business keeps happening. So that the investment and business cycle gets resumed. For that to happen, a lot of bringing banking to the doorstep of the people seems to be the idea of these loan mela's, which are being held in the first campaign or one week campaign that has just ended, around 200 districts have been covered where a lot of loans have been dispersed. actually disbursed, it's not even applications or proposals that have been approved, more than 81,781 crores has been already dispersed in the last just one way. The timing is also important in the sense that the festive season is being used by the finance ministry and the banks To push uh, retail credit. Retail credit is what is going to push up your demand for consumption. The consumption demand gets a big kick or big push perhaps the entire economic cycle will start moving. This seems to have been done and the second phase is expected to begin in the next week just before Diwali wherein the government and banks seem to be thinking that another 1 lakh crores of, you know, retail loans could be disbursed Ahead of the Diwali.
0: Usually, the question on our listeners' mind is the solvency of borrowers and whether they will default or not and what is the NPA status for the banks itself. But the real question really is that are the banks lending, which is repo rate linked or not? And that has been the issue for quite some time with a bank lending at a much higher rate, the bank rate as opposed to the repo rate. Do you see the transmission issue being resolved because of this meeting that the finance minister is holding with public sector banks and private sector banks?
1: The non-transmission of the full relief that the borrowers could get out of the interest rate cuts announced by the Reserve Bank of India from time to time is an issue. And perhaps what the government and the Reserve Bank have done in consultation, finally, is that to actually link the repo rate with the lending rate. What this means is, statutorily, the bank's are you know duty bound to transmit the entire relief that one is entitled to in terms of cutting interest rates so that the cost of funds for a borrowers like you and me would actually come down significantly it's still true that the transition part is going on and some banks like state bank of india have taken the lead to bring down the interest rates uh, lending rates and try to bring them as close as possible to the repo rates and secondly other banks seems to be following suit and perhaps I would my senses that it would take at least 3 months or 3 to 6 months before the stabilization in the interest rate linked to repo rate comes into complete effect on the ground.
0: Isn't it possible for a a statutory limit be set on the net interest income that is earned by banks because after all they do borrow from the central bank which is the repo rate. Is the uh, central bank doing something about that by imposing a limit on what the NII should be?
1: Net interest income is an issue which there have been uh, the both reserve bank, the lenders and the borrowers have to together find a balance somewhere. The issue is the banks are finding the transaction cost to be on the rise On the other side, the borrowers think that uh, the cost of funds is too high for them to continue consumption. So there needs to be a somewhere a meeting point where they need to settle that the spread cannot be more than two percent. This is the universally accepted. And here, or in fact, uh, globally, the trend has been the
0: spread should be less than one percent. But isn't this capitalization by the banks themselves when they impose a high bank rate and the net interest income is as much as five to seven or ten percent?
1: It's that uh, try and uh, work in tandem to set the interest rates. Now, the issue here is if you try and cartelize. And even if uh, the private banks are not going to play the same game or the foreign banks are not going to be in the same league, then what happens is they are going to lose business. So now the banking sector has become very extremely competitive, looking for especially credible good business where the repayments are on time, where they get actually get the funds rolling, onward lending is a big issue for the banks after having borrowed from the Reserve Bank of India or having tapped their capital reserves. point there is that look it works both ways if you charge more and try and take more net interest income then you may be losing a part of the business to competition and secondly the borrowers may not be very very happy with you so here and if you don't charge them then your balance sheet issue will come in so there needs to be a balance between how much interest you earn in terms of by the from the bank side and how much the borrower is going to be charged on that and my guess is that the market should undergo the banking sector should undergo a big reforms so that some amount of healthy competition between the banks happens and the actually finally the borrower should be the biggest beneficiary of such a regime.
0: We talk about consumer protection and how competition actually helps in the consumer getting the best business from the private and the public sector banking as well. But looking at the performance of banking, we also have to look at how secure the transactions are. Are these secured loans, unsecured loans and what is the collateral being pledged to ensure that the. The recovery process on the part of banks ensures that they don't approach insolvency themselves.
1: Point here is, when we talk about insolvency, what happens is, there is a huge list of willful defaulters. And there is also genuine business defaults. Genuine business failures are there. Then the banks need to take a different approach with them. Whereas with willful defaulters, there should not be any mercy in terms of dealing with them. Trying to recover as much as possible, even by force, attaching the properties. Boards of such banks need to mean uh, such companies or individual borrowers or high net worth individuals need to be confiscated, and uh, the assets of the personal assets of the company's boards, directors, could also be attached if uh, prima facie is that it's a willful default.
0: Or there's a case of fraud for that matter. Yeah,
1: of course. There are several cases where there's a lot of fraud, including the Nilo Modi case, including so many others. You have seen the Punjab National Bank case. There are several cases. Even in the ICIC, you have seen uh, the sweetheart deals between the top management and uh, the companies involved. So point here is, you need to take a particular view in terms of willful defaults. You need to take a separate view in terms of genuine business failures. But my guess is there needs to be a institutional mechanism wherein you need to distinguish the two, try and take a independent call and the bank boards need to take complete responsibility for whatever decisions they take. Secondly, the Reserve Bank of India needs to play a regulatory role more effectively so that the Punjab, Maharashtra, Cooperative Bank kind of Cases do not happen, and investor, I mean, small retail depositors' money does not go down the drain.
0: Well, the deposit is insured uh, by the general insurance company for that matter. What is the limit? How secure is the bank account holder? And more importantly, when you talk about the board of banks, is there a conflict of interest? Are the independent directors now under the New Companies Act? How secure is the bank itself when it comes to the stakeholder interest? In there?
1: Here, you talked about the insurance of the deposits. It's a fact and it's a little bit of a concern that the insured deposits chunk is coming down very gradually. So, the vulnerability of the small depositors it seems to be a big issue. Second part is the confidence level with which the small depositors is to approach the banks seems to have gone down. So, there have been several amendments to the Banking Regulation Act trying to bring about uh, arm's length distance. So, henceforth, uh, my guess is going for maybe in a year or two, we could see many more changes in terms of banks functioning.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you. You were listening to a discussion on assessment of performance of public sector banks. The participants were K.A. Padrinad, economic analyst and Arjun J. J. Jodhri moderated the discussion. This program was produced and presented by the News Services Division of All India Radio. This program is also available on our website newsonair.com. You can also follow us on the News on AIR app for updates. You may email your opinion about this program at airnsdtalks at at gmail.com